Alright, we are back. This is Ian Imhoff, your co-host of The Scuttle. Uh, this week, uh, we had Connor Spears on earlier with Alec. Uh, figured I'd keep the content train rolling before the, the draft um, coming up here in two weeks and get on um, another pod favorite of mine, Mr. Alex Gertz. Um, we've got quite a few topics to discuss. Um, some similar to Alec and Spears' discussions. Uh, kind of want to weigh in on some of those. Um, also, have a trivia update for everyone. Um, some Airbnb thoughts, casino talk, um, some league talk. Maybe shit on Alec a little bit. Um, and, you know, a few other topics as well. And, and maybe a game or two at the end here. Uh, we'll see. We'll see where we go with it. But uh, I think we should get right into it. Uh, as a staple of ours, uh, we go with Good Charlotte when we, when we get a good pod going. So uh, welcome to the fourth episode of The Scuttle. Alex Gertz, how are we doing? Oh, if that song just doesn't get the energy going, I don't know what does. That is so much fun. It's just, it's I'm a classic. Well. It's a classic. It really is. I'm doing very well. I might even have a beer with you right now, so that's how I'm doing. Let's do it. Let's do it. I've got some Woodford Reserve, per usual. Oh, wow. Okay. Sure. I'll, I'll stick to Miller Lite. Yeah, see, I'd rather have, like, a shot or two of whiskey on ice, and then the ice melts, and so it turns into, like four drinks, but it's really just, like, kind of watered-down whiskey, and people probably think that's nasty, but that's that's the vibe. Like, I'll have two shots, and it'll last me, like, two or three hours, and I'll just kind of sip it like an old man. I like it. It's Miller Latte, that's your classic there, too. Yeah, you know, in my old age, we turned 28 this week, and we're just going to sit with the classics. There's no, there's no need to change it up. Yeah, easy enough, and I'll probably sneak in an edible here halfway through the episode. It'll maybe kick in sometime here soon, but... It's Friday night. Who cares? Let's get wild. Uh, and yeah, I mean, so we've got quite a quite a docket to discuss today. I'm really excited. I think every time I listen to a podcast, you know, sometimes it's tough to get the content train rolling. But as I mentioned with Alec, it's like when you start these, it's just so easy. It's so easy to rip off content because everyone's happy. Everyone's excited. Everyone has a chance at the next trophy. But I think we always have to do it service and look back at prior year as well. And that's also fun to do right now because hindsight's 2020 emotions have settled. Half the people have blacked out what happened last year um, and half the people still remember it. So it's always fun to kind of recollect on, on, on what really happened and, and kind of talk through some of that. So um, before we kind of jump into topics, uh, I wanted to give it a quick trivia update Um because I know Alec and Spears mentioned that they want to do some trivia. I linked up with Tom, so I'm going to actually help him through some trivia as well. Not help, but work together. Um, I had a few ideas that I wanted to, to bounce off him, and he kind of rolled with it too. So, um, you know, I'll just drop a teaser. What we're going to do this year is have two teams. So it's going to be a head-to-head type format. Um, there's going to be four rounds, and I'm not going to discuss what each round is going to be. But it's going to be a little different than just your standard trivia where you've got whatever team you want to put together, you answer questions. It's going to be a little bit more personal. It's going to be a little bit more difficult. And uh, ultimately, one team is going to come out on top. So we'll have six winners. Um, and we'll also have six losers. So Or five, because Tom and I are going to co-host. So um, I'm really excited to do that and do that with Tom. 
Um, I know Tom's the trivia guy, so I, I let him kind of come up with the questions and, and dictate, but I'm more, uh, more about figuring out how to get, how to get the, the guys going and get people juiced up. So, uh, so I think it's going to be a lot of fucking fun, uh, this Friday night trivia. And, uh, let's just say we're going to have a few head to head rivalry battles going on too, just like we have rivalry week. So, uh, so yeah, so I don't know, Gertz, I know you, you don't love trivia, but you're not against it. Are you? I was one of the staples, actually, during during our quarantine trivia nights. It was often me, Alec, and Tom just doing trivia, the three of us. Um, and so I had a lot of fun with it. I think I think I like having you as more of the engagement czar, if you will, where Tom, God love him, but if Tom's making trivia questions, we need to audit those first just to make sure like people know what they're about. And then you being the engagement czar, I think that's a really good combo. You get the people going. Tom has the, the trivia chops, if you will. That's a good combo. So I'm excited. Yeah, I kind of thought that too. Like, I, I really do enjoy thinking about, like, how to engage people, just why I like doing content for the pod. And, like, it felt like I could help the league out a lot with a really good night, but do minimal work. Like, it's still Tom doing the legwork. Like, I'm not going to take that away from Tom. Like, he, like you said, he's the trivia master. Like, he will spend nights figuring out the best trivia questions. And it's just me kind of helping him guide towards, like, the better questions and, maybe thinking of a more engaging format as well. So, yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm super pumped. And, yeah, it's hard to get our us group. We all know each other so well. We all just kind of step on each other's toes. It's hard to get a group engaged for more than 90 minutes in our in our friend group when we all get together. So it's not really trivia as well. It's just more of us having the attention span of goldfish. So I'm excited, though. I think it's a good way to kind of lean into the weekend, and I think Friday night's going to be a perfect time for it. Yeah, and I'm, I'm glad that Tom put the effort in and pulled the trigger last year and stuck with it because we wouldn't be doing it again this year if he didn't work so hard on it last year. Like, he, he showed that this has potential for us to enjoy this every year and become, like, an annual tradition. And, like, to your point, like, last year was fun enough and extremely fun, like, especially, like, alive at the draft where, like, I saw potential and, like, we need to do this every year. So I'm definitely down to help him out and kind of, work together on it and tom you're still making all the questions so shout out to you for doing that um yeah, thanks thanks tom there's yeah. a reason we keep you around it's certainly not for your fantasy football acumen so well you know he you. did make the playoffs every year so <laughs> there is some acumen in there but yeah so that's enough on trivia um we'll kind of you know you guys won't get too much more than that before it we're just going to do it live we're not going to do anything beforehand um and we'll just do a live there and even have some prizes. So, so that'll be fun. Um, but moving on to that, I mean, it's hard not to, to get your thoughts here. I mean, how pumped are you for the Airbnb and getting out to, uh, to Denver? Yeah, I'm really excited. I, it's obviously one of my favorite weekends of the year. I'm always a big advocate for everyone going and I just can't wait to get out there. It's, it's going to be fun. Dan and I are flying out together. So it will be fun to fly with Mr. Dan. Um, if he lets me in the first class lounge to hang out with him, I'd, I'd really enjoy that as well. So that'd be good. But yeah, I'm, I'm absolutely pumped to get out there. I like that we're sacrificing more of the, the location, if you will, for the space. Um, I think we all felt the, we're getting a little older and I think we're too old to be, sleeping on couches, cots, floors, and, and not having our own space. So I'm excited about the actual proximity of the of the cabin, and our group doesn't need much when it comes to entertainment. I think if we have each other, a couple of casinos to bop around and lose some money at, yell at each other a little bit in the backyard, sit in the hot tub, make sure that breaks within the first 12 hours, we're, we're going to have a great time. So I'm, I'm absolutely amped. 
Yeah, I, I completely agree. And, with, like, on the Airbnb regards, like, I think last year we started talking, like, who's still single? And not that it's a bad thing if you're single, but it's, like, there's so many people who are, are in relationships in our group. Like, we're not looking to go out and, like, meet a bunch of new people. And even the single guys aren't completely, like, I'm hell-bent on meeting people. It's just, like, at this point, we're kind of inward-focused. And uh, I think we've sacrificed, you know, Scottsdale was nice, but I think San Diego is easier justifiable. We were literally on the beach. That was awesome. Um, but, yeah, to your point, like, a big house is, is definitely the move this year. I think pretty much everyone's going to vibe with that. It'll be hard to get out there. A few more logistics, which, shout out, I'm proud of our, of our group, even, like, Billy putting together – you know, everyone's kind of like, I feel like every once in a while people get this, these like spurts of energy and somebody like Dan puts something together. Then Bill like reaches and like somehow our league keeps slowly moving things forward. And like, we're actually figuring out all these logistics, which like, honestly, four years ago, there's no fucking shot. We would have been able to make this shit happen. There's just no way with like the rental car shortage and like all the like groceries and shit. I'm, I'm confident we'll be able to do it this year. But four years ago, this trip would not have been able to happen. Yeah, I'm with you. And a lot of people complain about things not getting done and they don't move the needle. And yeah, I think it's 45 minutes of concentrated effort from like a Dan or a Bill. Bennett always comes through for us. So I'm not even saying that, but I think just individual contributions are helping the group a lot. And we've done a good job coordinating things, both arriving and leaving. So yeah, I'm absolutely excited about it. I think these trips for me have become more about quality time with with you guys. I don't get to see a lot of you guys all the time, you know, maybe two or three times a year. As everyone starts to get, you know, different places for holidays, they get married, engaged, all that good stuff. So, you know, I can't wait. I can't wait to see everyone. It's going to be an awesome time. Yeah, I think that's the most important part about keeping this this draft, even if people can't start making it. I mean, everyone prioritizes it, and it's basically like as long as a wedding doesn't come up or something, you know, a life event, you got to be there because I'm right with you, like, this is on my calendar, January first. It says whatever day Labor Day weekend is, I'm gone, and I, I yeah, like. Yeah, it's just a mental block. It's just always mentally blocked off for me. Like it's there's nothing else planned. It's that day, unless it's a, a big event, like you said. Yeah, which and I love that tradition. When I was at, I think uh, some people haven't missed it, but I think when you miss a draft weekend, it makes you really understand how much you enjoy it. Because like when I was at Deloitte, I had to miss half of Columbus and I missed all of South Carolina and I just had, I was working, which made it worse. But like, even if I wasn't work, like intense FOMO, like what, when I heard all the stories and I just missed everyone and I was just working a ton, I'm just like, I, I need to prioritize this. So like now with any job, it's like, I, you know, obviously it could happen, but I'm not going to ever prioritize a job over something like this again. It just doesn't like, it's just not worth it. And I just have way too much fun on these trips. And every like time, like a month before a trip, every single person in our league is like, holy fuck, I'm so excited to see everyone again. Yeah. And like to Alex's point, or to my point when I was talking with Alec, we all kind of, like for the, a lot of us stop communication, like after fantasy football for a little bit. <laughs> and then our whole league starts talking to each other more often. And like everyone gets engaged again. Um, I will say that I will say the normal Xbox crew. I have not played Xbox in months, but the normal crew, like I was more up to speed on what Spears was going on in his life, you and yours, because we would catch up over Xbox. But yeah, I mean, we don't talk. I don't need to talk. I can talk to Alec every four months, and when we're all we're all so lucky, we're so close from high school and early college days that we can all pick up right where we left off. You and I were texting, and we're on 
a little a little nice sentimental moment here. You and I are in year twenty one of a friendship, I think is what we came down to, right? Twenty one years of friendship, which is which is just really special. It's cool that we're all so close. It, yeah. it, it is not to be taken for granted. It's insane. It it really is to think about it that way. Like I don't know what it's like to not have good friends. So shout out to you guys. Cheers. Uh, I would say Chris is on that list, but we were definitely enemies for at least the first few years. So Chris, we're coming up on 20 years, but uh, not quite there because you did choke slam me over a slide. Hashtag never forget. Couple gap years there. Yeah, hashtag never forget. Chris, Chris beat me up. Uh, surprise, surprise. Uh, but anyways, yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't think we need to talk too much more on the Airbnb. Uh, I, I, I can't wait. I mean, the casino talk, though. Uh, you know, everyone's like, casino, casino. If I remember correctly, Gertz, you and I were the absolute degenerates in Scottsdale. We went, I'm pretty sure just you and I went one night. Everyone was casinoed out. You look at me like, want to go to the casino? And I'm like, I'll fucking go. And it was just you and I going. It was such a mistake, too, because I think we both won money the first night, so you feel like it's now you're just walking on free money, and then you lose all the money you made and the original investment. So that's typically how it goes. Um, I just, I want to, I've never played um, craps before, so I'd like someone to teach me that and, and be part of the group dynamic there. That'd be really fun. And I think the over under of $600 being lost was set too low. I think that's an easy over for a, a couple of people in our group. Um, Dude, Joe Lisher, Joe Lisher turns into a zombie yeah. in those places, man. His eyes, he doesn't blink. Well, he doesn't. He drinks. He, he gets like a coffee at one a.m. and he's just going. So, um, if he gets on the wrong end of something, I worry about that. Yeah, and it, yeah, Joe's that guy for sure. I, I think if there's anyone, it's Joe. It just has to be. Joe just gets this like since middle school when we used to gamble at Hearst House. Angry betting, go home. Don't even fucking stay there. Like, but but in the moment, it's no one's ever gone home when they're angry betting. Like, it's impossible. You, like, there's and everyone has that trigger, and some are just tripped easier than others. And Joe gets to that point too, where it's like, and I get there too. It's like, I don't. I, I, my ego's too big. I'm not fucking going home. I'm going to the ATM. I'll be back. Like, it's just like it's so hard to fucking not angry bet. Um, but at the same time, like it's just too much fun to not even give it a shot. But but hopefully, um. We learned when to say no, especially compared to Scottsdale. But we were the the degenerates there. Yeah, I'll be there. I'll be there. I'll try and you know I'll try and conserve myself a little bit. But um, I think I think starting maybe a Friday night and then Saturday night the energy will be high, and I'll try and avoid it on Sunday night. I think I think if I, I'd like to go maybe maybe twice. I don't think a third time would be good for me. But no, I'm thinking um, once on my end to be honest. I yeah. I had a pretty bad Vegas experience. Uh, I lost a lot of money, and then I won $400 by myself at 8 a.m. in the morning. Um, some guy tried to follow me back to my uh, hotel room, which was really creepy. He had three teardrops on his eyes. Um, came up to me before I was about to go to the hotel, uh, elevator by myself and said, Where are you from? Bleep! Called me a nice uh, racial slur. And and I was like, uh, I'm from around here, and I walked away. But then... Um, I went on a casino table, or a fucking blackjack table, and we had the whole table. So we had the group environment. It was fucking awesome. We were having a great time. We had the best time at the casino. Everyone was, like, looking at our table because we were just so drunk getting fed drinks. But we would not win. Like, it was fucking rigged. Like, I, I lost fucking $400 on this table while I was still having a blast getting hammered off my ass. But, like, 
the dealers were interacting with us. Here's something, though. I wanted to bring this up because of this. I have never seen this before. Our table was so cold and had such good vibes. The pit boss comes over, and after seeing, like, we were all counting, and it was, like, seven or eight straight tens by the dealer. The pit boss comes up, grabs the dealer's undercard, and flips it and shows us, and then puts the card back down. Oh, my God. Have I've you? Never, how is that allowed? That's what, I, I was like, what the fuck? And it was a five. So we wow. all fucking stay, and the dealer hits a five and fucking gets 20 and takes our money. And the guy was even like, I tried to help you guys. Like, I don't know what to tell you. But, like, I, I would just want to say, like, I was absolutely mind-blown when that happened. Yeah, I mean, I love a good group dynamic for blackjack. That's definitely my favorite way to gamble. It's fun when you have a nervous Nelly at the table, like someone who's there to be a part of it. Alec is a great example of this. He just wants to make the buy-the-book play. To yeah, he looks around for confirmation bias. He yeah. looks around like, uh... Which, which is... Which is really, really fun. So I'll sit down at a table with a couple hundred bucks. I'll usually be okay losing 300 bucks. That's my budget. Um, and if that lasts me a couple times or if that lasts me an hour, that, that's kind of my limit. So, yeah, I can't wait. It's going to be really fun. Yeah. And I'm at least glad that our league prefers casinos over strip clubs. Like, if you think about true entertainment expense, like, you could blow a lot of money at a strip club. Joe and Ian Kyle just pick their head up off a puddle of drool and just <laughs> strip club. Yeah, Yeah, I just like, but our league, like we don't do group trips to the strip club and I'm really glad we don't. We have a few members like myself included. I just literally, I don't see the point of spending my money for that shit. And like the casino, I'd rather put my money there and give myself a chance at winning something. And if I lose it, it's like, it would have been gone anyways. We probably would have gone to some strip club or something. So it's like more of an entertainment expense. Yeah, I'm with you there. So are you going hiking? While we're there, I mean, Alec, yeah, Alec I mean, and Spears made it sound like we're gonna we're gonna fucking hike the PCT while we're out there. Yeah, I mean, I'm I live in Chicago, so I can't say I'm in the best. I don't got my hiking gear already, but I'm game to go on a nice morning jaunt. That's for sure. I'm I'm definitely game to get some fresh mountain air. Um, I'm not gonna do. Is it called a twelver when you guys go all the way up in the Rockies there or whatever you do in, in Denver? But um, I think Eric Green was telling me that when he goes with the Husky, but. I'm I'm a hundred percent game to go on a hike. I just I won't be doing the big one with the backpack and give me a jug of water, <laughs> give me some tennis shoes, and, yeah. and I'll be out there for a couple hours. Yeah, everyone. a lot of people say fourteen or fourteen thousand is when they're really up there. Um, yeah, they're not enjoyable. Yeah. I've done a few of them when I went out there, but yeah, Seattle. I'm a mountain man now, man. My legs are fucking yoked. I I'm doing like Seattle's different. You have a nice base. Yeah, that's something I've always said about you. So We've, I'm excited that they're getting beefier. That's yeah, it. I would love to do a hard hike. I mean, not super hard, but like a nice hill with a good lookout. Because like Seattle's different where our mountains are. We're lower elevation, so Colorado's much harder to hike. Because like if you start at 11,000 feet, you're feeling like low oxygen levels. Seattle doesn't have that shit. So, But our mountains are like 2,000 feet for the hike, which is insane. Like a lot of Colorado hikes may not be that much like elevation gain. And uh, so my legs, like I'm just used to like going like straight uphill and you get to the top and like jill and i will crush like it's hard to explain but a really crazy hike in like four or five hours and we'll come home and be fine now and like two years ago if we did that we'd be dead for like three days so i'm starting to really get my my hiking legs under me i'm excited to get out there and kind of walk around so i'll definitely be out there but i feel like a few people are gonna sit that one out 
Yeah, I don't think everyone will go. And it, I, I like the crisp morning air, and I, I like the idea of like a nice coffee while you're hiking and chit-chatting with your friends. But in practicality, who knows? Maybe I won't even want to get out of bed. But I'm I'm on board if that's something the group wants to do. Uh, it's good for the mentals. Get your it gets your mind clear on the first morning out there, and it's a good way to start the trip. Yeah, no, I agree. And I'm just so excited, and I know you are too, but I think that's enough on the Airbnb and the trivia update. Um, let's get into some league talk. Let's let's hop into it, shall we? Oh, absolutely. I first want to get your thoughts on something that, just because Alec is driving the discussion and my pod is with Alec, you're the first person I can ask this question to. What are your thoughts on Alex's advice at the beginning of every podcast? <laughs> Alec is an incredibly calculated little guy, and he tries to act like he's not, but we all know him very well. He does things in a very calculated measure, whether it's his personal life or his work life or his fantasy life. So, yes, I bucket fantasy out as separate from his other two. I truly think there is motivation behind it that – is not cynical. I think he is truly saying to us, you all have bored me after winning three straight league titles. This is my process for drafting championship teams. Here it is, all on the table. Take it or leave it. And I really think that he's just doing that to show, like, I'm bored. Um, I'm a little bit better than you guys. And here's all of the work I do, and that's why I succeed the way I do. So that's my take on it, is he's just doing it as, like, a – is kind of puffing his chest out a little bit. That's that's how I view it. Um, I truly don't think he's trying to, like, when he says, I only listened to the first one. I think he did tight ends or quarterbacks. I forget, but Kyle Pitts, he's like, if Kyle Pitts is there at X, Y, and Z spot, when he gets to me, I'm taking him. He's mine. I think he's being truthful there. I don't think he's trying to mislead people. I agree. With the, with the people he likes, but I, I truly just think he's like, I'm going to share my knowledge because I'm, I'm so much better than you guys, and I think this will even out the league playing field. So, um, you know, I have my opinions if that's true or not, on if I think it'll level things out, but um, I think it's pretty funny, man. I, him and I are big, the Ringer podcast network and the Ringer site were big, Bill Simmons, Ryan Rosillo junkies, him and I talk about it quite a bit, and I'm like, who do you think you are doing the solo radio talk? Like, you are not a podcast host talking to yourself I was like, you are not that guy, pal, with, like, the meme or whatever. Yeah. And and it's it's been funny. I, I haven't listened to – I only listened to the first one, but that's my take is I think he's just playing chess with himself now. That's what I think he's doing. I completely agree with you. I, I It'd be too annoying to think about all that stuff and make it up. I think the reason why he's doing this is also because his methods haven't changed. He hasn't brought up yet that – he finds the Chris Gertz of last year who has someone like Kenyon Drake on his roster who may have promise, but he's out or hurt that week and Chris needs a win. And Alec is, that's what he's diligent on. Like that's his recipe for success. It's not this draft bullshit. It's during the year. He always improves his team. I'm pretty sure he was under 500 in the first seven weeks of our year. And he always finds ways to fucking get in someone's head convince them it's a good idea but the problem is is a lot of times it is a good idea for their their the other team like chris like it's so tough because he always finds these like no-brainer trades for the other person and it always ends up helping his team and who gives a fuck about the draft process yes it was important but then all these little tweaks that he makes along the way turns out to be a championship level team and i just that's what really frustrates me with him is yeah the advice is great but i don't think that 
he's giving us his real recipe for success. I think he's just like giving his thoughts on the upcoming year because he's kind of like just jerking himself off to the fucking to the to the upcoming <laughs> year. It's just kind of like him getting excited and now sharing it with the world to your point because he doesn't give a fuck anymore. He's three yeah, peated. What does he have to lose? He what I'll say is just I, the the middle championship's the one that hurts me the most because that was my big campaign. I, I gave out the books. I said don't trade with them. He drafted Juju Smith Schuster and some other dismal wide receiver back to back at his at his turn at his one two turn. I forget who. Oh, Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah. That was his one two turn. Wait, um, no, he drafted Devonte Adams, didn't he? No, it was Odell and Juju. I'm almost positive. And at the one two turn. And he got it wrong. Like he got those picks wrong. And when you get one and two that wrong, you should be punished. I think. I think Juju or someone got hurt. And yeah. All he drafted Devonte Adams and then Travis Kelsey one too. Yeah, and then no, that was this past year. Oh, like, oh, two years ago. So yeah, he's won so many titles. So the first title he won, he had Mahomes, and that was his big engine, right? Mahomes breakout year that was on his team. The second year is when he upset me in the first round when I had Lamar, Dalvin, and Zeke. And he had Aaron Jones, and Aaron Jones was kind of his his supernova. And he he but he, and then the third year he just I mean he drafted yeah, Stephon wow. Diggs, OBJ, drafted, Juju. Oh my god! Yeah, he drafted Stephon Diggs, Devonta Adams, and Kelsey last year. Like you couldn't you couldn't have done a better job than those three pass catchers right there. And then he picked up Herbert. Like he always makes good moves to your point to improve his team. He's a good little fantasy player. Um, he is by far the best, and you can't really you can't really fight it anymore. You're like, at this point, we'd be like like Skip Bayless going against LeBron, saying he's not like a top ten player all the time. Like you're just you're gonna get laughed at if you don't recognize what Alex's been doing is pretty darn great. So, um, I've, I've kind of moved into the more of a appreciative role of what he's done because the totality of it is it's pretty damn amazing. I think he's. I think he's won nine straight playoff games. If you go back three years and not losing, I mean, nine it has to be, yeah. Weeks, yeah, nine straight playoff games in fantasy football—that that is impossible. And so, you, you know, though. So here's here's embrace debate, <clears throat> and I have an answer after too. But Alec won three in a row. But if you were to forget the past four years of our league, what was our top discussion? Bill is king. Bill is the fantasy god. Bills won back to back. There's no stopping him. He is dominating our league. That was four years ago. And now Bill is last. Like, I'm just curious. Like, this league's not going away. In the next year or two, it, it, tables can turn very quickly. But this feels different, doesn't it? I don't. Yeah, I don't. It, tables will turn. Like, the fantasy, there, it's so much of a crapshoot that... It has to turn and that against his favor. It's been going so unbelievably well for him. But um, Bill was always, Bill was the talk of town for about three, four years. But it's also because how Bill approached it. He was a three AM snake slithering through the grass. That was bullshit. Doing God, doing God knows what in the waiver wire. So it was Bill was very much a crooked, crooked player, and that's how he won his his title. So um, that's why it was he was always a hot topic of debate. And then it was Alec perceiving that he was not recognized for his genius and going at Bill, and that was always a, a clash right there. So that was fun, too. But there will never not be a uh, dick measuring contest, and there will never not be the most hated villain on the planet. Um, and, you know, I'm excited to see who's next. Why yeah. not me? I, I, think, I think his day is coming. I, it's not sustainable. 
and I would put money down that he doesn't he doesn't get even top two this year. Yeah, it's a safe bet. I mean, you're playing the odds there. Of course, there's 12 of us, and it's it's more likely that he's not gonna finish top two than or that he's gonna be in, in the bottom half of the league than the top half or than the top two. So. See, yeah, you say fun. that, but then Alec is going to be sitting there fucking smirking and, and think that you're just absolutely wrong. <laughs> you know what? I, I probably will be. But like I said, I'm not going to besmirch him anymore. I've, uh, you I've can't. Burned you can't. I, maybe I'm just tired in my old age or I've just been burned or people don't listen when I do put the effort in. So now I'm just on the other side of the coin, man. I'm just going to soak up what I can from him and, and enjoy being in his presence. I mean, the guy changed his name to Three Pete, and then Three Pete's like, just he, he he puts a sock on his dick and gives us a presentation. Like, he he's gone mad for power. That's that's the way I put it. Like, he is mad on power now. Like, his dick has grown two inches in the past three years because he just owns uh, everyone. It's bad. Yeah, and, we, and just based on that video, we got to check on Leslie out there in California. Someone someone sent her an SOS message because she had to film that, so we just got to check on her too. Yeah, I and I agree, and, and you know, I was looking back at some group me messages, uh, hint, hint at our game coming up, and uh, and yeah, uh, everyone asked for her, uh, how yeah. she's doing, because uh, that was just grotesque. That is a woman that loves him very much, that's what I'll say. Yeah, I mean, hey... She might be into the power thing, you know? I mean, Alec is just on one right now. I, there's just no stopping the guy. So, I think we really need to fucking put a cork in it and uh, and figure it out this year. Um, are you going to bring any reading material to this year's draft? Because we still had trades with Alec last year. Like, at what, have, at, at what point do you, like, just say it's a lost cause? I have uh, some gifts for select members of the league this year. That's what I'll say. I always, you know, I always bring a little something for people. Yeah. Um... This year, it is not the totality of the group, though. It's just a couple, select few. Okay. Um, Maybe Chris Gertz? No, it's actually, it's, I won't say who it is, and it's it's just a fun little gift. It's it's not even like, a, usually my gifts have underlying, like, sarcastic tones, or like, don't be an idiot this year, read this pamphlet on what, how not to be an idiot. This one's just more genuine. So, it, it'll be, it's a nice little gift, though. Oh, nice. Wow. Already on top of it. Um, you know, one other thing that I heard, so after talking about trivia with Tom, he might have torn his LCL, um, and hopefully he may not be able to make it to the draft. Tom, Tom, Tom? Yeah. Um, I know oh. he's probably not wanting to talk about it too much because he's probably pissed. Um, well, now it's on the podcast with a million listeners a day. So I know, man. Good. He's going to start getting texts from his family. Are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, hopefully his family doesn't listen back about our trophy. Um, but anyways, um, yeah, so dude, cause if people didn't know, so Tom and I put a bet on the Italy England game, the semifinal of the Euro, that Euro, dude, I watched every game of that Euro while I was working. Dude, I'm I'm not going to go down it too much, but the reason why I'm bringing it up is cause I get to choose for a day, the shirt a shirt that Tom wears. So I'm really hoping That's he can make it. Um, because I've got a few absolutely ridiculous ideas in my mind. That's fine. Um, not as good as Bill's made costume that I hope we still go through with. But um, yeah, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, like Bill has to get punished, and I'm tired of this bullshit. I'm tired of Fez just getting like a weak ass punishment. Uh, like what's going on with this Bill punishment? 
Yeah, your punishment was the peak of punishments, and it just sucks for you specifically because that was the top of our creative abilities and desire to want to punish someone. It's also just the you were the biggest loser we've ever seen in just terms of how you lost. So I think that's why we were so motivated. Bill, Bill refuting or saying I'm not doing X, Y, and Z as we're discussing is is really just laughable at this moment. Like we're not even being that harsh with him. And he does not get a say, and that's what I said. I was like, Bill, you don't, you don't get an opinion here. And him fighting it has has actually made me want to punish him more because usually I'm pretty passive with it. If someone comes up with a good idea, I'm on board. But like, if you're gonna sit here and pretend like you don't, you get a say, or you're telling us what we're gonna do, you're wrong, and that's gonna make people want to do it more. I think so. Um, you know, that's that's my opinion on it, and I don't even think we're being that harsh. It's not even public embarrassment i had public embarrassment ideas i'd like to do um but i think this one is just more of he's going to be our little plaything in that in that <laughs> house which is awesome yeah i thought that'd be hilarious uh yeah the idea came up from <laughs> jill and i one of us said uh the the mean girls quote like paint me like one of your french girls or something like that <laughs> and then jill was like oh my god jill should or bill should wear a fucking maid costume and i was like uh, Holy shit, you're fucking brilliant. Um, Paint me like one of your French girls is a Titanic quote, by the way. Oh, okay. I don't fucking know what it's from. <laughs> is it really from Titanic? No, it's not. It is, yeah. It is. Ow. No, it is. Oh, shit. It's, well, fun Kate fact, Winslet, I've never seen Kate that movie. Winslet says, Kate Winslet says it to Leo DiCaprio. I watched it during quarantine. It was one of my, one of my quarantine films. I have yet to see that uh, movie, actually, but... Uh, you know, it, it has a uh, an Irish song in it by... Um, Oh, fuck. Uh, it doesn't matter. Nobody will know him anyways. But one of my favorite Irish bands that I'm blanking on right now um, has a song of the Titanic. But neither here nor there. So, anyways, off the off the rails there. But, hey, League, let's PSA, let's get our shit together and let's figure out if we're doing this so I can order a maid costume or else Bill's going to go under the radar yet again and bitch his way out of a punishment, which cannot happen. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you there, man. Are we going to talk about... Like, usually Alec talks about, like, Spears got the avenue to talk about the Bengals. Was that something we were going to discuss, or are we going to gloss over that? No, we definitely can. I think we should stay in the league for a little bit, and then we can hop into the NFL. Okay. What do you think? I just wanted to make sure that was explicitly stated. Yeah, uh, that you but, can get your nut off real quick at some point here. Yeah. yeah. Okay, for sure. Let's let's save it, shall we? Okay. Um, what about your thoughts on the new rules, though? I wanted, you know, let's get some differing opinions, and, and the people who listen to the pod can hear about it. I think the first one that I want to talk about is what Spears and Alec brought up that I totally blanked on when Bennett sent out that four and I'm pissed. Best placer gets to choose their opponent in the playoffs and work down. What do you think? Yes, absolutely. I, You and I were the victims of the last two iterations of this, Ian. You were the one seed lap this past year, and you lost to Spears, who had arguably the best team. I was the one seed two years ago, and I lost to, and I had the best team, by the way. And I lost to the supernova that was Alec. No one. There's always a very shitty weak team that sneaks into the playoffs. And if you're the one seed out of twelve, you should be able to dictate who that who you play. And I'm very. I'm. I feel very strongly about this, and will will fight pretty adamantly to have that supported. So um, I think we're we're competent enough as a league to figure out the seeding after that. It, it's it's the the next best worst team against the next best team goes. So. I think, I think we should absolutely reward the one seed. I could not agree more, obviously. And 
it's it's not even more about like so i calculated and i wouldn't have beat beat alec anyways so i don't care right like at the end of the day i wouldn't have won the championship so i don't care how far i would have gone but at the moment i was really pissed because it, it it's just it's a no-brainer once it happens to you and it you should be rewarded for regular season consistency like i went 10 and 3 that's that i won the league and of the regular season and i should get to choose like because fantasy can turn on ahead very quickly one injury the week before the play you know what i mean one injury the week before the playoffs and and next thing you know a good team becomes a bad team and you should have the liberty to choose to play against that bad team because you were the most consistent throughout the year that's the way that's the best way like in ncaa the one versus the 16 is kind of a lock and that's kind of how it should feel in our draft in our league and not just hey, this team snuck under the radar all year. Now they're the best team and they're going to play the one seed and they're a favorite. Like, no, that shouldn't fucking happen ever. Yes, and it adds another layer of intricacy within our league where you're calling your shot. I want to play your shitty team because you're a shitty team. And then if I lose to you, then I'll be hell. And if I beat you, it's because your team was bad. And I told you your team was bad. There's so many... There's so much content to be created from that too. It's it's such a good idea. Um, obviously, you're, you're, we're talking as two guys who got burned by that back to back year, so we're we're probably biased. But I hope that I hope people vote for that. And I hope we, we take that to a vote and it passes for this upcoming year. Um, that's probably the one I'm most in favor of and want to change. A lot of the other ones I'm really not super excited about. Um, Keepers got a lot of legs, a lot of conversations with Alec and Spears. Um, Keepers does add another layer, but I didn't like the way Alec was approaching it. And that, this isn't an anti-Alec thing. I just didn't like it where if you draft someone in the fifth round the previous year, you get to give up your fifth round pick. You should be punished for keeping someone. For instance, that's how you prevent like a McCaffrey being on Bill's team, right? You can only keep, let's say, your third round pick or greater. And if you keep your third round pick, you sacrifice a, a pick greater than that. So your second round. So let's say I draft a like, Alec, I think, drafted Stephon Diggs in the fifth last year, right? Yeah. If he was going to keep Stephon Diggs, he'd have to give up a fourth round. It, it punishes him a little bit, but still a fantastic value for him, obviously, to get him in the fourth. And yeah. the reward's a good pick. So that's my opinion is a limit on the, how high of a keeper you can keep, a.k.a. you cannot keep someone if you draft him in the first two rounds. And then part B of that is if you keep someone in round Whatever round you keep them in, you're penalized by a round. So if you keep your third round pick, you lose your second, so on and so forth. So um, that, that's that's how I would want to do it if we did it. And I'm still just against it. I like the redraft every year. It's it's a fresh slate. I think it's, it makes the draft a lot more fun. It makes people – I think it keeps people more engaged too um, around the draft season. And I'm just that's I just don't really want to shake up our league just for the sake of shaking it up there. Me too. I, I'm against it, and I agree with everything you just said. Because <clears throat> here's my thought, and my example is going to be DK Metcalf for me. I drafted him in the sixth round last year. Okay, so I would even fucking keep him with a fourth round pick. He's that you know, and like, I guess <clears throat> it's kind of fun to see where DK is going to go this year. Like, a lot of those breakout players from last year are going to get kept because they drafted them late. Somebody got lucky. Like, no, I didn't think DK was going to be a top five receiver. Like, I think he was going to be good. Obviously, I picked him, but I didn't think, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think you should be rewarded for that. Like, I don't feel like I should be rewarded with that, with that kind of privilege of getting to keep him. Like, if I want him again, I should have to draft him at what he's worth now. I just, I, I also like the fresh restart. Every, like, 
because it I, yeah i just don't like anyone who gets the flyer and they hit like you need to capitalize on that flyer that year not you don't get him the next year and then what can you you can only keep him one year in a row. i just it sounds like a lot of rules and i would almost i don't even want to do an auction draft but i think in my opinion starting fresh is the most important thing every year if we do an auction i guess but i i, I want all the players in the pool i want to, to your point like i want to see where every player goes this year and i I don't want to have to fucking layer into my analysis who's keeping who. I just want a fresh slate, a fresh board of picking, and let's get into it. Like, best man wins, everyone's available, and let's go. Yep, I'm with you there. And I think I think Oxen Draft is Sears and Alec. I think talked that one to death in a good way. Like when I say talked it to death, I mean like they just nipped it in the butt because I think the the strong will eat the weak with that, and the strong should eat the weak. And it happens in our league kind of anyways, but I just think the prep that's involved with that is far more extensive. Yeah. Um, and I think I think that would just make it more cumbersome than than fun. So yeah. the other and, one I want Sorry, yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. The other the thing that I'm I I think would be a lot of fun, just to mix things up, it's a little different, is the randomizing the league draft order, which is truly just a random league order draft so no matter what the uh placement was then we just do a random number generator we could do it like i don't know a month before the draft date as like a live stream or something like we all get on zoom and do it together um so that would be fun and then um that way you have a month knowing your draft pick to prep um and i think that would just be a fun little wrinkle so i don't think there's a benefit like i came in second to last last year i'm picking second this year um, you could argue that the, my spot's a fantastic one to be in, and I also look at people picking 10, 11, 12, and I think that's a fantastic spot. It's There's good players everywhere. So um, I think that would be kind of a fun little wrinkle. Wait, when you say randomized, do you mean like, <clears throat> all right, Joe's up, random number, Joe, you get pick eight, or, hey, what is that what you meant by that? I just meant like the, the placement of the, the previous year does not dictate where you draft, so it's just completely random. We're like... You have all your names in a hat, essentially, and you draw out a number, and that's your draft pick. Because it also could be fun to all get on Zoom and randomly put your name in a hat, and when you pick your name, you get to pick your pick. So, oh, that'd be, that'd so, be interesting. So if you, if you get your name pulled first, you get to pick where you draft. Interesting, too, yeah. Right? Because then that's kind of like luck, but then at the same time, like... Yeah, like, to me personally, I wouldn't think too much into it, but there are a lot of people who like certain players in the draft, and, like, that could be kind of fun, too. Like, everyone gets to pick where they pick. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I think that could be fun, too. That has some legs as well. So, so yeah, shout out to Bennett. Like, one. right after we, uh, <laughs> right after he f- sends that form out, all these people start talking about rules that yeah, weren't we, submitted. We, we suck as a, <laughs> as a, as a critical thinking unit. We're awful. We're just awful. Bennett knows it, and that's why he's our fearless leader. We can't put together two sentences for the life of us, though. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, last one about the league here. Current state of the league. Just overall thoughts, Mr. Gertz, on, on kind of where the league's at under Alex's new reign. Alex's Alex, uh, dictatorship? Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, can, I can give my thoughts on where I, th- I think people are handling it better or worse than others um i can obviously speak for like myself and my brother him and i talk quite a bit and 
it's just like an eye roll, and, and you kind of shrug your shoulders, put your hands in the air, and say, like, what do we do now? It's like, he's done this, and we just got to move forward. So I, I have a, a pretty positive perspective on it now because at, at some point you – you hate the villain, you hate the villain, and then you learn to appreciate him. So it's like Tom Brady. Tom Brady's 100 years old and winning Super Bowls. It's hard to hate on that right now with his second team. Like, it's cool. Um, that's how I feel about Alec right now. But I think there are people who who are not handling it well. And I think number one that pops to my head is, is Bill. Um, I think Bill's being dragged through the mud a little bit based on his, <laughs> previous, his previous performance from last year which is not good. I mean, I'm not going to drag him too much because I was right behind him nipping at his butt for last place. But I think that he was he was the king of the castle and wore the crown, and, and Alec is the shiny new toy the league Google's at, and I don't think Bill likes it very much. So, um, I, And they've always just had kind of a one-up relationship in fantasy, so it's, I think that Bill's taking it pretty hard. Um, and, and what I'll say is I was impressed with, with Spears and how he handled – losing the championship at least from the surface level and not letting it show too much um i think he handled it class as he always does and with poise so i think he's handling things well but yeah i think at this point we should all be free spirits like what else is there to have happen to us you know ian kyle i think said something in the chat the other day it's like what else is there left to happen we had the three p we had a back-to-back like we're good but let's go let's go win a title so yeah I think you hit on a lot of good points there. And what I wanted to reiterate there is I want to know what percentage of league finalists lost their game with Alvin Kamara on their team. It had to be 1%, if that, right? Like, like Spears didn't say anything because, like, there's no fucking way he thought, like, you're in shock. Like, you just got shot. Like, you're not, like, thinking, like, Hey, let's talk about it. You're just sitting there like, what the fuck? This can't be. You know what I mean? Like, you're not thinking anything about talking to people about it. Like he said, he's like, I just want to be alone. That fucking sucked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, yeah but that's, I, th- I think there should be a sense of uh, relief and freedom. I don't know. I think Alec is like, he's kind of in his sunset retirement phase now, like, he could never win another fantasy game and still be set in the league for life, so he's good. So Yeah, I mean, he's paid um, for his dues for the next, like, 10 years. <laughs> yeah, so I think he's good, man. Yeah, and, and before we go to the NFL, I know you're chomping at the bit for the Bengals. Um, well, just in general, like, what were your thoughts? Any learning lessons from last year's team of yours or kind of how you felt about it? Real quick, real quick, I'll go through your draft order. Joe Mixon, Miles Sanders, David Johnson, (laughs) Cooper Cup, OBJ in the fifth, value pick. Marquise Brown, Ronald Jones, value pick. Deshaun Watson, he's in the hot seat. Jamison Crowder, Blake Jarwin, Golden Tate, Ryquel Armstead, Bill's defense, Harrison Butker, A.J. Dillon. But before, before you give us any advice or how you felt about it, just a fun fact. How many players that you drafted ended up on your team at the end of the year? Do you know? Um, I'm going to do a mental exercise here. Just what do you think? Don't don't pull up your computer. Don't do it. What do you think? No, 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 God. Because I did the V lookup. <laughs> one, one. One player. Do you know who it was? <laughs> um, 
not Mixon, not OBJ, not Miles Sanders, not Deshaun, not Ronald. God, uh, Blake Jarwin. <laughs> it was I don't David know. Johnson from the <laughs> dude. And I just want to point this out. So I, again, I'm sorry I have to roast you. I kind of like <laughs> asked the question just to roast you, That's but fine, <laughs> but. You give people so much shit at draft weekend. Every pick of mine, I swear to God, you're in my ears saying something. And I just want to point out that, like, <laughs> hindsight 2020, oh, you had one of your 15 man. picks left on your team after the year. So, so what are your thoughts? Like, after hearing that, let's hear it. Uh, it physically pained me to, like, hear It's like a, each, each name you said was like a bullet. It was like another bullet, like in the movie when you keep getting shot and move backwards and backwards. That's how I felt. Um, I have I have lost sleep over the Joe Mixon pick, but here's what I'll say is I got banged up by injuries a little bit. No, I'm kidding. No, it was just it was just a horrible, horrible draft. So when you go running back, running back, running back, you're asking for trouble. Within the first three rounds, I went. You said it. I think Mixon, Miles Sanders, Sanders and, and David Johnson. Yeah. Um, Hey, David Johnson was a solid RB too. Is what I'll say. He did. He was just fine. He was just fine. But he got hurt at the end of the year too. Um, but yeah, when you when you when you sit and look at Kamara versus Mixon at the ninth pick in the draft, and you think my team's better with Mixon, you're just wrong. You're just wrong, and you're setting yourself up for failure the rest of the year. Um, and I had the Bengals goggles on, and it hurt. I learned um, absolutely nothing because I I was just overzealous and confident because. The previous year, I, I was the guy who drafted Lamar in the 11th, and I felt like a genius. So I was like, I know my picks will be fantastic, and I was just I was just overly confident and wrong. And I think I got too in my head about things. So this year, I'm just – I'm really just – I've been so busy outside of everything that I'm probably not going to be take. – I'm not doing too many mocks. I'm not looking too far into things. And I have breaking news. I'm going to try and pick – players who are on good teams and they're on the field so i'm just trying to stay away from injury prone guys um and you know what i get the second overall pick so it's really hard to mess that up like you're gonna get the big three are like in my opinion are mccaffrey dalvin cook and kamara like those are the big three if you say no Um, to dalvin i'll be shocked yeah right and like everyone knows where i'm going um dalvin was on my team when he broke out that year with with lamar special place in my heart and I mean that's going to be my guy so it's pretty easy to see where I'm going and when you start your draft with someone like him there's a lot of a lot of pressure gets taken off to get the other ones right because those types of players can it can really just carry your team no matter how poorly you perform so yeah and um, you kind of know it right because like if if roles reverse let's say somebody takes cook like you're even happier with cmc like cmc is such a clear number one pick this year that like you pretty much know who you can pick from. Like, there is no guessing about the running back one this year. So, like, <clears> last year, I'm like, last year I, I lost the draft before, or I lost the season before I started with the Mixon one. Now I know at one I'm good, and I've been focusing heavily on the 2-3 turn, of course. And that's where I'm spending all of my draft research and time. It's going to be at the 2-3 turn. That's where I'm really focusing on things. There's That's what I'm going to try and get right. Um but no, I'm just I'm I, I can't say I learned anything from last year. I mean, I'm always gonna make the most transactions. I'm always gonna try and work my hardest to improve my team. In my eyes, I always do that, but I, clearly it just it just didn't work out last year for me. And that's where I think being busy might help you. Like you're just going in with very Maybe. fresh looks, like you're not overthinking yeah. stuff and you might just dive right in and say, like, let's 
take it at face value this year, which it, either I don't think it really matters, man. Like if you like look, I'm I'm betting looking at your team like after draft day, I was like, man, not a bad team. Like could pop off this year. You know what I mean? Like you yeah. just never know, which is always so fun because then you look back and it's drafting. like, yeah, I will say I will be drafting to win. That's what I when I drafted my Lamar Jackson team. And I, I picked, like, Melvin Gordon was in his holdout, and I picked him in, like, a third. Like, I picked, no, I want to win. So I am picking this year, like, it's first or last. That's what I'm trying to do again. So wow. I don't, I don't, I'm especially at the turn, when you're at the turn, you have to, like, this is the guy I think is going to be good. I'm going to go take him. So yeah. I have my guys that I think are going to be stars, and I'm, I'm going to be drafting people that, that it, it, it's just I'm swinging for the fences because I want to be on top and I really like our league for that. It's so much fun. Like, so many people in our league, including myself, like, ADP is considered in the listing, but, like, you have your guys, that, like you said, that, oh, like, yeah. like and, and it's so much fun to see people. Like, I will always remember, I think it was Joe drafting, like, Michael Thomas two or three years ago, and and everyone's like, he was the consensus three, and Joe's like, fuck you guys, just wait. And then Michael Thomas was just a fucking superstar. Yeah. It's just like... You know, you, that, all, you can say all you want, but if you've got the feeling it's your guy and he turns out to be your guy, there's nothing better. Yeah, I mean, and you know, I'm still going to – if you think I'm not going to trash talk your picks specifically, and that's just what I do. You've known me long enough. I'm, I'm, I'm always going to do it. And It hurts every year. You know? It hurts. Yeah, I, I mean, and, and you can I, – I think it should hurt a lot less this year because of – Oh, it will because I will memorize your draft order. Don't worry. For every pick you give me shit for, that pick number, I'll say your last year's pick. So if you're like, hey, your fourth-round pick wasn't good, I'll be like, yeah, but it wasn't Cooper Cup. So, like, I'll just do that over and over. So good luck this year. God bless. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. Joe Burrow. Do you want to know what I'm looking at right now, Ian? <laughs> oh, God. Do you want to know? Uh, I mean, I guess. It is a six foot two cardboard cutout of Joe Burrow in my house. <laughs> That's what I'm looking at. Would you like to see a picture? Is, of it? Go ahead. It, uh, no red flags from Maeve. Just being like, are uh, you Maeve a- bought it. <laughs> so you guys are meant to be holy shit oh no what is this uh, hold on i just sent it to you i just texted you so that's what i am um it's still sending that's what i'm looking at my home and it is like i'm a little bit taller than it so it's like it's just it's just under like it's like six two. Oh my it's, it's, god hey so he looks good wide. in that picture you're right wow. Oh, he's sweaty? He's got the towel? Yeah, oh, yeah. He looks determined and focused? Like, this is not, like, your glamour smile shot. This is, like, Joe Burrow action shot. Yeah, so, it's, um, for those of you at home, it's, like, it's, like, if you get a fat head on your wall, the sticker, but it's just a cardboard cutout. Maybe, like, you would see at an end cap at a grocery store, like, Joe Burrow wants you to buy Miller Lite, and it's, like, a big cardboard cutout. That's kind of what we're looking at here. Um, but, yeah, that's, he came out two days ago. Something I think you really like about him too is he's brutally honest and candid. Like there's no there's no fluff with Joe Burrow interviews, and he's said, which caught everyone's attention. I'm not feeling like myself. My mind and my body aren't connected, and it's something I've never dealt with, and I'm navigating it. Very candid, honest feedback, which you love, but of course it catches negative waves in the public. Yeah. 
Um, and he came out two days ago, maybe even yesterday, and he said, I'm fine. It took me 10 to 12 practices. I'm feeling 100% back to myself, and I'm not worried about this anymore. He's scrambling in practice. He's trusting his mind and his body. Again, they're connected. And, um, again, because of who he is, I take it at face value that it's true because he, he says things when they're not popular, and, he says, and he's always going to be confident in himself. And if he's saying I'm good and I'm myself again, I believe it. And um, if he's himself, that's a damn good quarterback, and I'm really excited about it. I can't wait to watch him play. It's, it was nine months, almost nine months ago to, 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 the, to the date. Um, it was middle of November he got hurt. So it's it's pretty it's pretty amazing. I think we take for granted what these guys go through to even get back to where he is right now. It's it's pretty awesome. I'm excited. And, I mean, he's got to have a little extra motivation knowing Jamar Chase is going to be running down the field, right? Like, that, yeah. he's got to be so – I mean, he has to be ecstatic, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah, he's, um, he's happy. They're buddies. And, of course, I'm consuming all the Twitter and Instagram – Bengals fan pages and and I see a lot of interviews with those two they're very good friends and um I'm excited about it I just I hope he stays upright and people the Bengals internally swear that they did enough in free agency and to getting get people line. healthy that the guys they have in house they're saying we have the guys we need um they whether they're wrong or not that's that's TBD but that's the bet they're making they signed Riley Reef in the offseason from Minnesota Vikings and Jonah Williams from Alabama is healthy so we'll see how it goes, but I'm excited to watch him play football. I'm, the, I'm not gonna lie; the first snap he takes week one will be a very fun moment for me, just as a as a fan and as a Bengals lover. It's gonna be nice to see number nine back out there. Yeah, and I mean, I hope it goes better than last year. Obviously, I I really don't want to like. Like I guess I I always love trashing the Bengals just to give shit for all our hardcore Bengals fans. Um, but I love Joe Burrow, and I've never hid that either. Like he's the Athens guy. I I could not. I'm in our. I mean, no one loves Athens more than me. Like I just I love that place, and I love what he did for the for the county with the food drive. Like his his family is a huge staple of Athens. Like <clears throat> even before he went pro. So um, I really want to see him healthy. Like and and do well. And what I drafted Tyler Boyd just to get a piece of the action last year, and he was popping off because of all the garbage time, but, like, oh, it was just so hard to watch, man. Like, Burrow was legitimately running for his life every play. He yeah. was the most pressured quarterback. I'm sure you have some sort of stat for it, but, like, it wasn't even close. Like, he was legitimately facing sacks every other play, every other drop Yeah, back. Yeah, man, it's, um, it's our biggest weakness still. I, for a long time, it was our linebackers. Our linebackers couldn't cover me and you out of the backfield. Like, we'd get torched by anyone who was athletic out of the backfield or tight ends. And now it's it's our biggest weakness is our offensive line, and, and it's not even a question. So, um, you know, Spears was pretty firm on the Penny Sewell thing um, and made peace with the Jamar Chase pick. Uh, I, as a person, wanted Penny Sewell, but I, I knew that the Bengals were taking Jamar Chase based on everything I saw, and Joe Burrow, I think, had a hand in that. Yeah. And um, if, if Joe Burrow's the one that signed off on it, He's trusting his guys up front. He's the one who had his knee cut in half last year by that line. And if he's saying draft Jamar Chase, we're good. That's all. That's all we can. You know, we're just gonna have to follow that blindly. I compare it to like, I compare it to like, you know, it's just it's like something. He might have false confidence, and he might be like over his bravado might get in the way of reality. But that's what sometimes that line between crazy and 
and normal is like what it takes to be the superstars. Like they have their own sense of reality. And if Burrow's going to do that and say draft chase, I'm for it. Um, so I'm excited. Jamar Chase has dropped his first pass in the preseason game tonight against Washington football team. Uh, his first target he dropped was a bad drop. So um, there's been murmurs in camp that he's struggling with that. But yeah, you kind of want to see that though, right? A little bit like. If they're going to struggle, like, you know what I mean? Like, get the reality check early. Like, get your nerves out early. Like, you know, I don't know. Like, you don't want to see it, but if you do see it, like, it's not bad to see someone struggle early. With yeah, with I as mean, much go, talent as Jamar Chase. Like, it's Jamar go, Chase. Go watch, go watch the 2019 LSU Championship team. Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase are the receivers. Jamar Chase is the better receiver on that team. And J.J. went for 1,300 yards last year as a rookie. I'm not saying Chase will do that. I'm absolutely not saying that. I'm just saying... When they were all all in a vacuum on that team, they were the same. Or, or Jamar Chase was a superior player. So yeah. he hasn't played football in two years, so we'll see what that looks like. But that's all I'm going to say is Chase is – there's a reason Chase is a, a fifth overall pick. He's a, He is an incredible talent. So let's talk a little bit about the other picks this year, though, because I'm really excited for this year. This feels like the NBA did for me last year, although the NBA this year has a bunch of crazy trades. Like, <clears throat> But last year, all those huge trades went down. This, this feels like it's good, and this draft is going to be crazy, which is why I want keepers to not be around. Like, this feels like a totally new NFL with these five quarterbacks coming in. I don't know why. I can't really pinpoint it just yet, but it feels like there's going to be a change of hands here. Like, Drew Brees is out. Brady's even getting older. Like, the Aaron Rodgers drama. Like, it feels like we're really, like, Phillip Rivers, I believe he retired. Um, Like, all these, like household name quarterbacks we grew up with are like slowly leaving and it like they're talking that this draft class is the draft class for the quarterbacks right like these quarterbacks are getting insane hype and i'm kind of buying into it i don't know what do you think uh yeah they're all it's just the next wave of quarterbacks like you're justin fields and your um the kid in san francisco i can't trey lance is like those are the guys that are coming to the league now those are the guys that are playing quarterback now so they they are incredible. They're the best athletes on the field. Sometimes, as they're not your Peyton Manning's or your Tom Brady's or your Troy Aikman's back there. They they are dynamic playmaking athletes. So that's why people get so excited. Is you see a clip from what Justin Fields can do, or what Trey Lance can do, and, and people freak out. Um, also, it's never been easier to produce as an offense in the NFL than it is right now. So that makes the learning curve far less steep, in my opinion where these guys can come in and contribute right away because they are incredible elite athletes. Um, and, you know, they're going to good teams. They're going to smart teams. Lamar in Baltimore is a great example. Mahomes in Kansas City is another good example. These young athletic guys. Um, not not um, Justin Fields, unfortunately, with Matt Nagy. He's a moron. But um, what's the, the San Francisco? Trey Lance is Shanahan. Yeah. That's a great fit for him. So, you're gonna see. You're gonna see those guys put up numbers. It's gonna be a lot of fun, um, and yeah, I'm I'm excited about I'm excited about to see what the the kid in Philly does for you guys too. Um, yeah, Jalen Hurts and and um, the rookie, the Bama guy, Devontae oh, Smith. Devontae so, Smith. Oh my God, Devontae Smith. He's like he looks like Kevin Durant out there. He's like he's like a Gumby. He's like a buck a buck twenty five soaking wet, and he burns people. It's fun to watch. So, so when Jalen Hurts and Devontae Smith used to be on the same team, like I saw this this hype piece. I think I might have sent it to you or the league or something, but uh, maybe just Fez. I don't even remember. But 
they used to like skip Saturday nights and go to the gym together, and it would literally be them too. It's like that's awesome. Kind of with the whole Burrow and Jamar Chase, like I think Jalen Hurts, like everyone knew Devontae Smith was going to be on the table for the Eagles at their pick, and everyone's like, it kind of seems like a no brainer. But Jalen Hurts was like, you, this is your guy. Like, I somebody that small in like that frame with all the NFL with all the NFL players saying like wow, this guy might be the greatest college receiver of all time. You know, that doesn't happen by chance. And so I am so excited to see what he can bring to our team because it just, he seems like a guy who's going to bring a different work ethic. And that's where it's like, Carson Wentz was hard to tear from, but once you rip that bandaid off, like look at what he's doing with the Colts now. The same fucking song and dance. Like it is like nothing against Carson Wentz. I don't hate him as a person, but that style of, working through injury and just being injury prone like that, it just kind of is a toxin to the team. And that's all people talk about and think about. And it's like, right now it seems like the Eagles, even though they got stopped in the preseason, preseason, like it just feels like it's going to be something that our team is super focused this year. So I'm also, I could barely watch the Eagles last year. It was so bad. And I feel like even with the new coach Siriano, that we have a new outlook, and even if the coach isn't right, like just getting a new set of personnel in there is it you can feel it changing. And I think a lot of teams are going through that right now. Um, and then you know, just off the cup, off the cuff here, who's your Super Bowl favorite? Who do you, who do you think's gonna win? Is it Chiefs? Uh, is it pretty much straight I up? I haven't even thought about that to be honest, man. I'm so unprepared for that question. I think the Aaron Rodgers Packers revenge tour is kind of a, or not revenge tour, but like a FU tour is kind of a fun pick. Um, and the Packers have incredible talent on both sides of the ball, so that's a that's an easy one. Um, I like them, and then McVay with Stafford is always a it's kind of a fun thing to look at. But yeah, I mean the Chiefs are probably the favorites if you go look on on the Vegas sports board. But I haven't I haven't truly thought about that at all. So. I, I can't give you a I can't give you an educated guess on that. Yeah, I'm kind of with you there to be honest. But I, what, what I will say, can I say something that just I, my memory got jogged here by what something you just said um, about like teams turning over a new leaf and coaches and the Zach Taylor slander that's been going on on this social media outlet, the scuttle has been just outrageous. I don't jump to defend has it been though? That, I don't I don't jump to defend them. And that probably speaks a lot. That actions say more than words. But um, let's not forget that Zach Taylor on Monday Night Football beat the 11-0 Steelers and their awesome team with Ryan Finley playing fucking quarterback. So to say that he can't get a team ready to play, I don't think it's exactly fair. Don't count his first year. They were tanking and won two games, and they knew that they knew they're in the transition year. And then this past year. They had some solid momentum going, and then Burrow got kaput. So this is, to Alex's point, and he asked Spears this question, this is the year. If, if everyone is healthy and they have the talent on the field that they're supposed to and they perform as four and what's the new record you can have, four and 13, right, three and 14, he is not the guy. But um, I still think the, the, the players speak very highly of him. They rallied around that team and beat the Steelers on Monday night, and it was a it was a big, nice moral victory for us when we were, all things were going poorly. So, just just hold, just put the pause button on it. That's all I'm asking. Okay. I'm not adamantly defending. He's a, a foundational coach. He's not like a, a guy like a Brian Flores that comes in and changes the culture like in Miami. But 
let's just put the pause on it and let's just let's take a deep breath and let's just see what he does this year. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, I, I can't say no to that, but if I look at his coaching history, it's an assistant quarterback coach and quarterback coach for the Miami <laughs> Dolphins, an offensive coordinator at Cincinnati, which was his highest position ever held as an offensive coordinator for one year, um, assistant wide receivers coach, was promoted to quarterback coach, and then head coach. Like, that does seem like holy shit. No, like he must have killed yeah. his interview, but it's like not one no, prominent no, OC defensive coordinator role, not one like role above a quarterback. Co- like it's like damn. Like that that seems like a big responsibility jump. It seems like you're going from a senior to like a senior manager. Like it seems like you're skipping a step. Like yeah, you're right. You're right. And- I think it's because if anyone sneezed, if Sean McVay sneezed on anyone, they got a head coaching job. So it's, 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 that's, that's a totally fair thought and criticism, if you will. But I'm just saying, let's push the pause button and see how it goes this year. I hear you. Well, we're coming up on an hour 10, so I want to get into our game here. Um, okay. It's a little bit of who said that. I have five. So I'm excited for these. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, these are fun. And so all of these are said within the past year. All right. I don't want to go that far back. Sure. So <sighs> number one, fuck those bitches. He didn't touch them. Fucking money sluts. Dude, you go back in our group me. It is bad. Like, oh my God. Some of the derogatory comments I don't say any of them. I say ridiculous shit, but some of these repeat offenders just... That just, that, that vernacular and that... It's alcohol. This, so, let me, one more time. Person, Fuck those bitches. He didn't touch them. Fucking money sluts. I know who it is, because there's only one person that speaks with that vernacular like that. It's Joe Lisher. It has to be Joe Lisher. That is Joe Lisher. On yeah, March nineteenth, twenty twenty one, about the Watson, dude. Yeah, you said right after, Joe. How about we stop the drinking or something like that? Oh, dude, it's just so, dude. It is. Oh, those are those. Just Joe can never run for president. I mean, it just it can't happen. There's just too much evidence. Oh, okay. Ding ding, one for one. Yeah, one for one. All right, number two. This was said on Christmas Day. I probably shouldn't have said that though. Could I drink less? Probably. But what good does that do for content? Uh, on Christmas Day, yeah, maybe you helped me out a bit. Was that Little Man? It was Chris Gertz. Oh. Chris was on a tirade on Christmas Day. <laughs> and then people are like, Chris, you good? He goes, could I drink less? Probably. <laughs> but what good does that do? Uh, that's just a classic Chris Gertz mentality when he's drinking. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a more mature Chris Gertz because BC doesn't come out quite the, in the same vigor that he used to. So I'll, I'll keep that Chris Gertz every day of the week. <laughs> it's too funny. Uh, all right, number three. I just wish I was watching the game with Alec to cheer him on and support him for a, three, for a third championship in a row. I was watching. Third championship in a row. 
This was also a Christmas Day quote during the Kamara game. This owner should be... This owner needs to own up to this one. Oh, was that said sarcastically then as Kamara was stealing his soul? Maybe that's what it was. Dude, I don't know. I I couldn't gauge it. I kind of thought the same thing. Like, was this actually real? And I don't know. My my initial thought was like he was kind of being serious. One more time. Just I just wish I was watching the game with Alec to cheer him on and support him for his third in a row. God, was it Tom? It was Tom. Yeah. Oh, Tom. Like what Tom. What? Like honestly, I read this and I was like, I'm surprised more people didn't call this out. Like it just kind of like maybe a few people interacted with it, but it was one of those where like you know. The, the press was hot Christmas Day. Like, that group me was just popping off. I had one of my favorite pictures sent. It was the six-piece McNugget with uh, Kamara's face on it. Um, but, that was fun. Um, but, wow, what a day. And Tom was cheering for Alec. Wow. So, some we don't forget, Tom. We don't forget. Um, so, number four here. So, you are two for three. This is impressive. If Alec wins, I'm going to move into an admin role in his front office. I'll try and soak up some knowledge for a couple of years, and then I'll try again on my own. Oh, God. That sounds like something I might say, to be honest, but that's not my official guess. But that, oh, man. I'll try and say. Do you want it one more time? No, I got, I got it. I just, I, I try and do it. People have certain cadences to talking, like like Joe Licious Bigger, like that. Just yeah, hits just face. straight to the point. <laughs> Fuck those bitches, <laughs> comma. He didn't touch them, comma. Too, though. <laughs> yeah. Oh, too good. Fez, Fez has some too, though, so you gotta be careful. Um, an admin soak up some. I, I like. I, I I'm gonna go with myself there. That's you. That's you. And and you know what's? I just want to bring this up because what the fuck is this? So you, you want to move know, into, you want to be Alex Admin? Here's what I'll say. Have you applied? That, here's what I'll say. Did you get denied? <laughs> I didn't have enough experience. <laughs> here's, <laughs> I didn't have my qualifications. Here's what I'll say is that runs true to what I was saying earlier today where I am just appreciating him now. So I'd like to say points for consistency there. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, that's true. I can't hate on that, but. But I will say, you, you did just say that you're going to quit. <laughs> also in December. And the last one. Oh, man, you were killing it. Last one. Like this post if I should get Skyline again for lunch today. <laughs> that's fierce. Uh, that's, a, that's a gimme. Dude, four for five on, on uh, who said that. That is That might that's be a hilarious. record. I'm not going to lie. That might be a record. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Connor Spears and his love for Skyline. I just... I appreciate it. It's just really hard. Um, I haven't had Skyline in two years, and um, I'm really sad about it. I miss it so much. I Last time I was in Ohio, I was in Northeast Ohio, and I couldn't go get it, um, and it really, really sucked ass. Um, it, I was yeah. like, there's no Skylines up there, and the closest one was in Cleveland, and I was just like, I can't do it. So I've had Skyline so long, and seeing those beautiful, beautiful conies go down every like weekly at this point, um, it, it really does just make me appreciate how good that fine cuisine is. Spears is, it's a, it's that much more impressive the older we get too. Cause I'm telling you one and a half of those Tony shuts my body down for the night. I'm done <laughs> after that. 
Dude, all the salt in that cheese, it just, I'm done. Heartburn for a day and a half, I, no thank you. So, I mean, Spears' body is like a garbage pit for fast food, so that that's good to go. But, yeah, I mean, he's, him and, that could have been an Ian Kyle quote too, but uh, Spears' accessibility to Skyline was, was my, the reason for the guest. Yeah, the, the again really gives it away. Because, you know, Ink will be like, hey, should I get Skyline? Yeah, I got it. But Spears yeah. is like, I'm thinking about Skyline for the third time this week. Should I? You know, it's just like a different level of dedication. Um, and the, like, I really like Spears for this because I, I have such an affinity for Skyline. I just, I, I love their food. And, and the people who understand, just they understand. Um, oh, of course. I, I'll never pass down some crackers, some Tabasco sauce, some really excessive cheese, and a good old Dr. Pepper. Which is such a good question to ask. I think that was Joe on what do you drink with your Skyline? Because it, it does say something about you. Like Do- Dr. Pepper, I actually don't really drink. I don't really like it. The only place I get it is Skyline. Like it but goes Spears with the Tony. Mountain Dew, and that was, uh, that was a, see, but that is my number change. two. I actually don't hate oh. Mountain Dew with cheese with the Coney's either because I usually get Skyline for lunch. So a good Mountain Dew to push you through the Coney's. Kind of hits right too, but the Dr Pepper goes better with the cheese and in the sweet chili. So, it's it's a really up in the air. But but for the true connoisseurs of Skyline, it really does matter. Your your meal goes with your drink, and you that really should be considered when you sit down on game day. Uh, Can you tell I miss Skyline? Speaking of sitting down on game day, Spears is trying to get out here to Chicago full time, so that that'll be a fun little wrinkle for. Sundays look like hopefully so hopefully he gets out here in time to enjoy some of that yeah that'll be crazy and yeah uh Alec mentioned it congrats to him on passing his exams it is pretty cool that if only Lucy could have gotten the job like two weeks earlier he could have quit that though he passed the Ohio law exam just to have to take the Chicago one like like it you're you're taking your last test of your career pretty much of like your college career and, like, he, you know, he's super excited to come. But how funny is it? Like, he finishes last test, and then it's like, I actually, I want to go to Chicago. Actually, like, just hey, just get away from school. He loves it. <laughs> it's just, it, it's kind of funny in a sense. Like, you know, he'll pass it. It'll be all good. But I just thought that was kind of, like, it's funny. It's like he thought he was done, but he's got one more go around. And uh, I just, I'm, like, I feel like I've been working forever at this point, so I just can't even fathom in my mind being in school for this long. Like, I just, it doesn't really uh, register, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, I, uh, it's just a different world at this point. I think we're on five years of working, five and a half years, whatever it is, I don't even know, so I'm with you there. I don't know what a month-long vacation feels like. No. <laughs> Dude, that's that's what they should have told you, like, about adulting is the worst part. Like, yeah, there's no more fucking two or three weeks off. Like, maybe you get one two-week vacation in the next five years, but that's about it. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm with you there, man. We're not, we're not um, old enough for a sabbatical yet, so that's not something that's going to be in our, in our uh, future. Dude, yeah, and oh, sabbaticals. I don't know why that made me think of Vegas, but, uh, you know, I, I didn't love Las Vegas. When I went there, like... And I just want to put this on record as we as we close here. I, I'm, I don't know if I love the Vegas for the ten year. Like, I went there and I didn't have fun. Like, it was fun being in Vegas. Um, the only time drinks are free is when you're gambling, which we would gamble a lot. But like, you have to hope that a, a drink girl's coming around. Like, 
There was one time where it was an hour before I saw the next free drink girl. If you go to the bar at the casino, it's $15 for a whiskey Coke. Like, I'm not buying that if I can just wait for, like, it just felt like a drink at the, the pool, $22 for a single shotted drink at the pool. Like, it, it, it just kind of felt like the room was cheap, but the black, the casino odds aren't as good in Las Vegas. I didn't know that. The payouts at my local casino, nine to one. The payouts in Vegas were seven to one on like this bet that I had. Like it just, it kind of felt like cheap to me, to be honest. Like I would almost rather go to a nice casino and a bigger city. Like the clubs are expensive. Like what are you going to do? Buy like a hundred dollar bottle service for no fucking reason. Like I'm just throwing it out there that Vegas, when I went, seemed very expensive for what you're actually getting. Like, I don't need a $20 well drink at a pool when I can go, you know, to a pool in San Diego where I can walk down the street and get some drinks at a bar. So, just my thoughts. I know people are going to have their opinions, but have you even been to Vegas, Kurtz? I can't even stop thinking about anything besides how you pronounce Las Vegas. Dude, people call me ridiculous for that. It's called, it's Vegas. But, buddy, it's Vegas. That's what I said. No. <laughs> Wait, Vegas. What? What did I say? You're like, you want to head over to Vegas? It's <laughs> Vegas. <laughs> it's Vegas. <laughs> Wait, dude. You know what's <laughs> You know what's crazy is Jill calls me out for this too. Okay, well then maybe not the crazy ones. I never noticed myself saying it different because when I hear you say it, that's how I hear myself saying it. I don't know. It's just Vegas. Vegas? I I don't... (laughs) I don't know. I don't know if... uh, Like, like, for the reasons we talked about the the start of this pod, like, I don't know if our group is... Vegas is a Vegas group, but we've always talked about doing it for the 10 year and it was kind of our... Our fun, we made it moment where we kind of ball out a little bit more. But like, what if we get an all-inclusive Cabo resort, like on a beach? Like, you know what? Like, let's ball out on like unlimited drinks on a beach with with five-star dinners every night. Like, on a beach resort where we draft by the beach. Like, to me, I like you know what? Like, I'm not kidding. You will end up spending more in Vegas than doing that. Like, it adds up. So the dinners, like. Anything above, like, just in and out burger, your meal is $40, pre-tip, pre-tax. Like, your everything is just inflated because it's, it. I don't know. I don't want to get too hot on it because I know a lot of people like it. It just feels like if I want to fall out, maybe we do something like, like a Cabo trip would be fucking crazy. Although I don't know if a few members would make it back over the border, which would scare me. Yeah. So maybe we stay within the domestic 48, but like, I don't know. I like, there's some cool ideas I could brew up too and maybe just compete for it. So I know I just rambled on that for six minutes, but I, I, I just, yeah. Like, I don't know if it fits our group as much as, as much as we'd think, especially through in like a year or two. So I don't know. We'll see either way. I'd fucking go and have a good time and, and every year is fun. So Gertz, it's been an hour 22, just like that, my man. That makes sense. That makes sense. The time always passes quickly. That makes sense. We always go quick. Um, Any final closing remarks? No, not at all. I just, I can't wait to see everyone in 13 days. Not that I'm counting, but I think 13 days is the count, guys. I can't wait to see everyone. Tom, I hope, I hope you feel better and able to get out there. 
and I'll see the rest of you out there. I can't wait. All right, my guy. Well, we will talk to you later, and uh, we'll put the pot up here soon and let the people know. All right, buddy. All right, peace. And just like that, we have another hour and 20-minute pod down the drain. Thank you for joining, and hope you enjoyed the Scuttle episode number four.